have your Bibles tonight, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Romans. Book of Romans. Chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, and who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator." who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, Inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they that commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Master, for the next few moments here tonight. God, I ask you to just anoint, oh God, these lips of clay. Master, I ask you, Lord, to, oh God, just speak, oh God, this word tonight to each and every heart in this place. God, I ask you, Lord, oh God, to anoint our ears to hear this word. Lord, I pray, God, that you would, oh God, just give us the spiritual eyes to see the path that you laid before us here tonight. Give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path. Master, and I thank you and praise you for it. Hallelujah. And everybody said in Jesus' name. 
Praise God. You can be seated. I want to talk to you tonight about the path to perversion. The path to perversion. Church, first of all, I want us to understand something tonight. The first thing that comes to a person's mind in this nation when you say pervert is sexual. A sexual deviant or somebody that's, uh, uh, that's perverted in their, in their mind and, and sexually perverted and, uh, and, and all that sort of thing. But let me tell you, the word pervert or perverted, uh, uh, is not just applies to that. Uh, Though that's the first thing that would come to most people's minds. But perversion is to turn from the truth. To pervert something is to turn from the truth or from its proper purpose. It is a distortion of truth and a turning away from truth. It is to pervert something. Here there is a sad story of perversion. And their public practices. And here is an image of what happens to a person when they start down that road or the path to perversion. People had been religiously perverted here. And we're going to look at several different things here in this text tonight. But the Bible tells us that there are four stages in sin, four stages in the process. And uh, in, in first, go over to James 1, the book of James. James chapter 1, verse 14 says this, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You need to have that underlined in your Bible, James 1, 14 and 15. So we have four stages here, four stages of sin. There's the lust, conception, sin, and death. That's the four-stage process of sin. Lust, conception, sin, and death. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. There's the first stage. Temptation by your lust. And enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, there's the conception stage. Church, how many of you know, and we've talked about this before, but how many of you know that the battleground is the mind? You need to, how many of you have ever heard that saying, need to nip it in the bud? Sister, you might need to take that plant with you because it's looking pretty rough. I don't know how long I can save it. <laughs> but if you can help that plant, <laughs> if you can help that little old plant, it needs help. <laughs> I had a feeling you, you had a little greener thumb than mine, but I've tried to nurse it best I could. But 
nevertheless, uh, nevertheless, anyway. But listen, when you, and, and, and I don't have to tell uh, any of you men in here, and I, I don't know about you ladies as much as us men. We have weaknesses in our tape. We're not careful. But I'll tell you right now, you don't have to look far to be tempted in this world we live in, I'll tell you right now. Buddy, I'll tell you, a, a man in the modern day times, man, you've got to really keep yourself in check. I'll tell you right now. And I'm a pastor telling you this, but I'm going to tell you something. There are temptations that the devil can use against mankind. He's used it since the beginning. And I'll tell you right now, it's a daily walk. You have to daily fight battles against that devil. Now, true enough. You resist the devil. If you're submitted to God, you can resist the devil. And, 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 and the Bible says that he will flee from you. But everywhere you look, people walk around no clothes on, people talking all kind of filthy talk and all that kind of stuff. You're just around it all the time. There's no moral compass in this land. None. Even in the churches. And so... It's a battle. It's a battle, folks. But the Bible says every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And so when that old devil parades somebody in front of you with no clothes on, guys, or some of you ladies maybe, I don't know how, you know, I just know it's been a battle for man many, many years and it's just caused the ruin of many a good man. Many a good man has fallen because he's not kept himself in check. But when that old devil starts parading things in front of you, whatever it might be, you need to guard yourself. The Bible says that you're tempted when you're drawn away of your own lust and enticed. Now, I'll let you, I'll tell you right now, the Lord will let that old devil try you and tempt you. And so you've got to stay committed and submitted to him. But the Bible says, then when lust hath conceived. In other words, the, the beginning part of that is, is, is when, the, when the little uh, 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 parades in front of you, when the little woman parades in front of you, the devil just puts one right out in front of you. I'm just using you guys for an example because I am a guy. And so, so whenever whatever that temptation just parades out there in front of you, there's the temptation Sometimes uh, they'll even, in this day and time we live in, they'll even come right up to you and start to strike up a conversation with you. They don't even care if your wife's with you sometimes. They just walk right up and sit down with you. Yeah, they will. And so, because the devil is bold. He's brazen. He don't care who's looking. And so, when that happens, it's up to you to stop it right there and nip it in the bud before it concedes. When you... When you cater to that, you know, you, hey, listen, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, folks. But you can keep him from building a nest in your hair or on your head, even if you ain't got no hair. You can keep that from happening. You know, you can't stop something that just flies over in front of you all of a sudden, boom, there it is. You can't stop that, but you can. You can close your mouth, quit gawking at it, and, and don't follow it. You just turn your head and say, Jesus, forgive me, Lord. You know, God, I ain't going to look at that. I turn from it. That's where you stop it from conceiving. But if you follow that around long enough, it'll take root. It will conceive and bring forth sin. Sin, then, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. 
See, it'll pull you out of covenant. You got to be careful. You got to be careful, folks, because I tell you, fellas, the Bible says, hey, if a man looketh upon a woman to lust after her, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. Watch yourself. Watch your mind. But here, the Bible says that they were religiously perverted. And notice here the stages that took place here. The first thing that happened here was that they started turning their sights away from the Lord. They were religiously perverted. The Bible says God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. And it says, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the Creator or the creature more than the Creator. Church, what happened here is they got their mind off of Jesus. <laughs> if, you, if you just listen to these next few things here, you'll see America come clearly into view. They took their mind off of Jesus here. They took their mind off of the Lord. And they, and they became spiritually perverted. They distorted God in their view. They, had, they, 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 they grew a distorted picture of Jesus. And that became perverted. And the people then were morally perverted. Because... The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But let me tell you something. Where the Spirit of God ain't, there's going to be perversion. There's going to be perversion or distortion of the truth. You're going to lose the truth. And the morals decline. Let me tell you something. You know where this country fell? When they started taking God out of everything. That's when this country started falling. When they started allowing the devil to take root in this nation, when people started turning freedom of religion into freedom from religion, when people started uh, uh, staying at home instead of going to church, let me tell you something, church. There was a time in this land, and I've talked about it before, uh, there was a time in this land uh, where if you didn't show up on church on Sunday or Wednesday, Buddy, everybody in the church would be at your house after church wondering what will happen to you. Because it was just widely known people went to the house of God on Sunday. Where do you think all those things came from, all them sayings came from? Oh, I see you in your Sunday best. I see you in your Sunday go to meeting clothes. All them old sayings came about because they were true. Absolutely it is, sister. You know why? Because you're a child of the King and because you are worthy of the Lord. Praise God. God loves you. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. Amen. Just thrills me, sister. Praise God. Thank you. I needed a good word tonight. <laughs> I don't know what ever gave you that idea, but <laughs> I needed a good word tonight. <laughs> I love the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, I love God. And I'm here because I love the Lord. But you know, if we're not careful, what happened, see, now look, what happened here in the, 
I feel that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What happened was this country started taking its mind off of the Lord. This country grew complacent. They let their guard down. They grew complacent. They grew lazy. They started being a little late or started not coming. And Next thing you know, they're out of church. Then they're coming every other week or then it was every few weeks. And before long, they weren't at church. Gone. And you know what? Guess who also wasn't at church? The kids. Then some would even go as far as to try to send the kids on a bus and them stay home. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they shall go. When they're old, they shall not depart from it. Church, we got to guard against that. we got to guard against that. You can look around you tonight and see how important you are. Boy, you're important. You're important to this work right here. You're important to this family. You're important as pastor. You're important to our king. Don't you let the numbers in this church fool you. Don't you let the numbers in this church fool you. You're needed. God put you here. Now, what happened when those people turned their back on the Lord and they just quit? They just... Just let things lure them out of the church. The next thing that happened was those that were out of church started joining with those people and and bombarding and, and leading those people. And the next thing you know, you have a movement against God. And the movement against God got bigger than the movement of God in the churches. And so in order for people to have church, They started building all sorts of churches around them. Here's what happened. Churches started saying, well, somebody in church said, well, I don't agree with that, so I'm going to start another church. I'm just going to start a church over here, and I'm going to preach this. Then you had another one said, well, that's okay, but that's still a little strict for me. I'm going to start another church over here, and I'm going to preach this. And so they did it. And before long, you got a bunch of preachers that wasn't called to preach. They just didn't like what was being preached, so they decided to do it themselves. And they made a profession out of it. And because it's a smooth word, then you got thousands and millions of people flocking to that mess. And because of that, then you got guys like me over here that's standing on the truth and what I believe in. I'm going to tell you something. Hey. This is a pastor that's going to stand on what I believe, and I'm not going to move. I'll tell you that right now. I just, I just reiterate that tonight. I will not move. I will not be moved. I'm not going to be moved. And so, I may not be popular. I may not be popular, but I'm not going to send you to hell. And I ain't going to send me to hell either. <laughs> I'm not going to send me to hell. No, sir. And so, these people, supposing that gain is godliness, and they look at fellows like me, like we were talking about earlier, they say, well, I don't know about all this, you know, well, if you're, you're not, you know, you know what I was talking about a while ago. Well, people see that, and they say, well, 
That can't be blessed to God. Whole different message. We won't get off on that tonight. Anyway, what happened here in this land is people started losing their moral compass because where you ain't got God, you have no you have no compass at all. When you don't have Jesus, when you don't have the Lord, you got lawlessness. Then the people became intellectually perverted. Their mind, their intellect became converted, uh, perverted. Let's look at this now. First, there was no church. Then because of that, there was no teaching. Remember the Bible said, train up a child. There was also no discipline. Then you had no morals, no manners. When's the last time you seen a young kid say, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, no, sir, no, ma'am? Kids that are raised in church. Kids that are raised in real church. Now, they have no moral compass in this world. The Bible says down there further, it says talking about their understanding being darkened. Now, let's go down further. Now, the Bible tells us that they had forgotten God's position. It's very important, church, that you understand the positioning of you and God. What's that? Uh, well, we're, we're just going down through here. Verse 21 in the text, there's where we're at right now. The Bible says uh, in verse 20, The invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. Now see, it, listen, this text right here, this is not just talking to a bunch of people out in the world. This is talking to the Roman church. This is talking to, listen to what it's talking to the Gentiles. He's talking about the Gentiles here. Listen to what he said. He said, look, he said uh, that because that, all right, let me see here. Okay, right up here in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Okay, you see that? The wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Against what? Against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Listen to this. Because that which that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath shown it unto them. These are people that had a revelation unto God. They had a revelation of God. And it said, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. He showed it to them, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Church, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you, this is America. America has been blessed beyond measure. Every time they've turned around, God was blessing them, giving them every opportunity to know the truth. But they had not a love of the truth. They turned from it because it was too hard a message for them. They didn't want no discipline. They want God without the discipline. You cannot have God without the discipline, church. Now, The Bible tells us that these people had no excuse. 
said, because of this, so that they are without excuse. When this country stands before God, the people of this nation, they are going to absolutely be without excuse. When everybody that's walked through the doors of this church stand before God, they are going to be without excuse because I preached the truth. The Bible tells us that they did not glorify God. They glorified not God in verse 21 because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful. but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. There's their intellect. Somebody get Ephesians 4.18 for me. Ephesians 4.18 Who's got that? Cut them have it. See that? Having their understanding darkened. Right here it says, became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Or their intellect was darkened. See, they did not glorify God, neither were they thankful. Here's the beginning stages, church. You have to know from whence cometh your blessings. Church, when God blesses you, when the blessing, the Bible says all good things come from God. All good gifts come from God. When, listen, when God gives you a gift, so many people, and this is why riches are so damaging to people, is because they start thinking they're all that. That's why it's so dangerous for people of God to really get a hold of a bunch of money. Because number one, it pulls them away from God because they got the money to do other things. Number two, they start feeling self-sufficient. A person that don't need God won't serve God. That's sad. That's sad. But it's true. That's why fear works. That's why fear works. Church, I've said it many times. And I'll tell you right now, do I understand everything? Absolutely not. Do I understand why God does all the things He does? No. Sometimes He reveals it to me, sometimes He don't. Sometimes it just takes blind faith. Yes, even the pastor has to have blind faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if nothing ever happened in your life, that there was no way for you to get out of it short of God, how would you know what kind of God is you serve? How would you know He is the one real and true God? People become self-sufficient and they lose their need for God. You know when they come back? You know when they come back? When they run out of money. That's right. That's exactly right. You know when they come back? When their face is in the floor. They didn't give the Lord... Credit. The Bible says they did this even though they knew God. 
There are people, even today, that will say, oh, yeah, well, God blessed me, this and that, but they won't get up and go to the house of God. That's lip service, folks. That's not giving God glory. That's lip service. You're not glorifying God with that. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. What? But commandments of the Old Testament. Yes, they are. And they're still in effect. Period. Don't care how many people try to tell you that the whole Old Testament's gone. It's a bunch of, it's a crock. No, they're not gone. You have to look at the doctrine and consider the source, folks. You go back and research anybody. I, I, I tell you right now. I will tell you right now, I want you each and every one, if you have any question in your mind, you go back and you research, you find me every church, every church that's preaching against tithing. And you tell me their, show me their fruit. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about big buildings and money. I'm not talking about that crap. That means nothing to me. You show me their healing power. Show me their, uh, uh, show me their truth. Show me the doctrine they're teaching along with it. Show me the Jesus name baptism. Show me the Holy Ghost infilling and all those things. And you show me some fruits. Show me the power. We'll talk. But don't show me somebody that don't even go to church. Don't show me somebody that falls off the wagon every other day and somebody ain't even in the house of God today. Don't show me somebody spends all their time trying to strain in a nut and they're swallowing a freaking camel. Just so that they can say, I'm right, you're wrong. Just so that they can say, well, I don't have to do this. I do it because I want to. There's a spirit behind that. People don't realize it. That's straining at a gnat and swallowing a camel. It's doing exactly what that garbage was designed to do. It's bringing chaos into every person that carries that crap as doctrine. It's not doctrine. I don't care how the devil manipulates it and tries to make it look like it's the truth. It's not the truth. There's no good fruit in it. Oh, there's people on the Internet, you can find people to do it, but just, just go to them and find out where they go to church. Find out what they truly believe. Find out where their fruit is. Show me one of them that's brought anybody back to life. I mean from dead. Show me people that's laid hands on people and they've been healed. Show me people that truly have the Holy Ghost. I'm not just talking about speaking in tongues because I tell you there's a bunch of that rampant in the land. So that don't prove nothing to me. I've seen them on TV. I've seen a guy one day, ah, I'll tell you, I don't know what the world's going on. I was watching a uh, early morning. Man, I wasn't even back in the church good at that time years ago. And this guy was on church, a very popular preacher. And he, he he's giving a message like in tongues. And he just started giving them like speaking in tongues, you know. But he was just doing it like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
be the interpreter, see. And he would give like supposed to be the interpretation of it. Then that guy would get through with that little part. He'd sit back down and he did that again. He did that four or five different times, like four or five different languages or whatever. I, I like to fell out, man. I mean, I just like to fell out. I couldn't believe it. So see, you got to watch that stuff. We know what the Holy Ghost is, folks. Show me the fruit. Show me the fruit. Let me tell you something, church. I'm not a money-hungry person. I'd be gone. I wouldn't be here. If every one of you gave me every dime you make, that's no money to me. I mean, I used to make almost a million dollars a year. I'm not in this for the money. I'm not preaching ties to people so that they give bunches of money. And I'm not going to not preach tithes so people give less money. I preach tithing because that's the way I believe it and that's the way I read it and that's the way that my elders that I talk to, and believe me, I've had these conversations with them. The Bible says, if you believe it not, does it make it of none effect? God forbid. just a vital part of the institution of God. That's it. I'm not one of them. Have you ever seen me jump up and down, dancing around, preaching about tithe and trying to get everybody to send your money because you're going to get rich like all these other preachers around do and, and, and these TV preachers starting to preach and trying to get them another Learjet? Folks, I'm trying to help you make it to heaven, man. And listen, yes, it does take money. And I hope you give all that you can because I'll tell you what, I need it. And I'm going to tell you, I need it. But listen, I'm not, I'm not going to preach to you any less in other words, I'm not going to, when you need prayer, I'm not going to say, well, oh, excuse me just a minute. Give me that tithing book over there. Let me check in. Hold on. I'll put her on hold. There. I'll get with you in a minute, sis. Uh, let me see here. Oh, no, let me know. Let's see right here. Okay, I guess I can squeeze five minutes in over there. Yeah, I can. I got five minutes for you. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I can't make it this week. Where was you at last week with them tithes? Where was you at last week? How's your giving? You know what? I'm not going to pray any less hard for you. I'm not going to sweat any less over you. I'm not going to shed any less tears when you need me. I'm not going to shed any less tears over you. I'll tell you right now, whether you give it or not give it, I'm going to do my best for you because I'm committed to it. I'm committed to giving you my best, and I'm going to give you my best for, what you, for, whatever, for whatever you got. The devil ain't going to steal my joy. He ain't getting my joy. He may grab it for a minute or two, but I'm getting my joy back. I'm getting my joy back. Jesus has got me. Jesus has me. And I'll tell you, there's a spirit of dissension in the land. That devil will divide and conquer every chance he gets. And uh, I ain't going to allow that. Ain't gonna allow that. I don't know whose that is, brother. I saw that. Oh, is that is that yours? 
Oh, I looked the other day. I thought Brother Seber left his deal there. I didn't know who that was. But anyway, <laughs> listen, the, 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 these people here, church, had, had gotten away from what, to, from what they had... Uh, uh, from what they'd been blessed with, they started giving the credit to themselves. And the next thing you know, things started falling apart. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many of you know what the first commandment is? By the way, it's still in effect. I'm not trying to trip anybody up. The Bible says, go ahead. No, well... It's along those lines. But the Bible says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I'm going to help you get your priority right tonight. I want you to look so we don't get perverted. So we don't get things distorted. And so that we can clarify maybe some things that have become distorted in our life. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What are you saying, Pastor? There's other gods? Yes, there are other gods. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, many lords, many gods. Sister, you got your Bible in your hand over there? Flip it open to the very first page. Sister, you got your Bible? Everybody flip it open to the first page. Very first Scripture. Let me help you get your priorities right. I'm going to help you get your priorities right. Genesis 1 and 1. I want you all to give me them first four words. All right. Do that again. In the beginning, God. That's the first Four words of the Bible. He said, I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the ending. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Praise God. He's the first letter of, the, of that alphabet and the last of the alphabet. He's the Alpha. That's the first letter in the Greek alphabet. And He's the Omega. That's the end. That's their Z. I tell you, He is the first and the last. He is the God. Praise God. There is none beside Him Hallelujah. In the beginning, God, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Hallelujah. Praise God, I tell you. Church, if you get that part down, then you can start from there. But these people, just as America has become, and many other lands across the world, they have become self-centered. What does that really mean, folks? Me, 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 me. That's right. Do you know what happens when you're self-centered? It means everything starts with you. Everything revolves around you. Everything is about you. It's about you, because you're in the center of it. You're the center of attention. You're the center of the purpose. You're the center of everything. Everything begins with you and ends with you when you are self-centered. Well, uh, you want to go there? Mm, well, I don't know. 
Uh, let me think about it. You know what? There was a time, and I won't tell you if I'll repeat this, I'm going to deny it. There was a time in my marriage where I actually could have been considered self-centered. I don't know how. By some folks. Maybe. Yes, I am, but we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I know I have a hard time remembering to that too. I, I just, because I, you know, I don't know, I'm not even believing it. But, but you know, my wife still being a good wife, my wife still to this day when I say, honey, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want? Well, what do you want? Well, I don't know. Just whatever you want. She's been that way for so long, I had to force her hand sometimes. Because you know what? I don't want it all to be about me because it's not all about me. You know what? It's about us. You know what? I could not be here today without my wife. I tell you, she's the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life. And I know that unreservedly, second to Jesus. She's the greatest thing that ever happened to my life. Hate to hurt your feelings there, Mom, but it is. I got a great wife. She's been a good, faithful servant of God. She's been a good, faithful servant to her husband, who, the Bible, who by the way, is her head according to the Bible, as long as, she's, as long as I'm living a godly life and I'm walking as a godly man. But you know, when a person becomes self-centered, it's no longer about other folks. It's always about them. What they want, what they see, their needs, their wants, their desires. What happens when you, when you get your center off, off right, when you get away from having God as your center, He needs to be the beginning and the ending. He needs to be the first and the last. He don't just need to be the first, folks. He also needs to be the last. He needs to be the first one really that you talk to in the morning, the last one you talk to at night before you go to bed. He needs to be the first one you go to when you've got a situation, and He needs to be the last one you talk to about it before the decision's made, praise God. He needs to be your decision maker. He needs to be the rock that you stand upon, because if you build it on anything but Jesus, it's going to fall. Oh, you might build it real good. You might have lots of money to build you lots of foundation and all that. You might even decide to pull you some rocks out on the beach. Oh, well, I'm going to build me over. I'm building I'm not going to build it on sand. I'm taking me a big old slab out there. I'm gonna build, no, I'm not going to build it on you, Jesus. I'm getting me another rock because I'm going to get me a rock I ain't got to pay no attention to. It's all kind of people like to do that. But I'm going to tell you something. I've seen God just flip His little finger like that and a, a, a five hurricane come in. And let me tell you, let me tell you what God can do with His creation. Just one little mealy mouth hurricane come in and take not only the steel beams in the house down, steel, made with steel, take it down and put it up in the trees, but it'll even take the slab up out of the sand and put it on another uh, ten miles from the beach. Man, let me tell you something. You ain't no match for God, neither is that devil. God said build it upon... He said if the house be not built of who? Me. He said, me. You're just laboring in vain. That's why these preachers 
can preach all the garbage they want. They can get out and start their own churches because they don't want to believe everything somebody else is preaching. But let me tell you something. I don't care if you have 50 million people in your congregation. That's just more people you're leading to hell. They lost that moral compass. They took Jesus out of the center. They took Him out of the first. All the other things started falling around them. That's what's happened to this nation. I'm telling you, the more news I hear in this nation, the, the sicker I get. It just makes me sick. It just makes me literally, there's been a couple of times recently I, I literally got sick at my stomach. And I'm not a weak stomach person, folks. But I literally can just, just thought about throwing up. It just made me that sick to think about what we've got running this country. This is by far the worst president that's ever been born as far as I'm concerned. Firing generals just to make yourself look like something. He's nothing to me. He's not my president. I'll tell you right now. I don't care who knows it. I want to ask you a question today. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is the Lord of the planets the Lord of your plans? The Bible says, somebody get over there to uh, James 4, 14. Let's just go over I can get there pretty quick myself. James 4, 14 says this. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Verse 15 says this, for that ye ought to say, for that. You ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Been a many a person talking about what they're going to do tomorrow. Never saw tomorrow. Yeah. Is the Lord... By the way, the Bible says 162 times, I am the Lord. 162 times in the King James Version Bible. The Bible says, I am the Lord. Brother, turn to Exodus 6, 1 and 2. The Bible also says, seven times, I am the Lord thy God. You got that, brother? Let me have it. Exodus 6, 1 and 2. See there? God spoke to Moses. He said, hey, I am the Lord. He said, I, now you're going to see what I'll do to the Pharaoh. He said, I am the Lord. Praise God. Listen, He is the God. There's none beside Him, church. And He's proven it time and time and time again. All right, now, is God the Lord of your plans? Turn with me to Luke 6, 46. Luke 6, 46. Brother Draper, do you have that? It's all right. Okay, let me have it, sister. Uh-oh. Church, is Jesus the Lord of your life? He said, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Slip service. 
How many of you know somebody like that? How many of you at some point in your life have been like that? Folks, you can't call Him Lord, Lord. You know what, you know what Lord means? Yeah. It means Master. Your commander. You're all in all. Means that you, listen, you know what? You make him, you don't just call him Lord, you make him your Lord. You make him your Savior. What he did has salvation power, but you got to line up with it to apply it. That makes him your Savior. You make him your Lord. You make me your pastor. By coming and submitting to the pastor. Not challenging every dadgum word I say. I'm not going to ever tolerate that spirit in this church no more. I'll tell you right now. Had it with that. I've tolerated it long enough. I'll tell you right now, I ain't going to tolerate it no more. I'm the pastor. God put me here. And that's the end of the story right there. It's the end of the story. I ain't tolerating it no more. I've been nice enough about that. I've put up with that quite a while. But I'm not going to I'm not tolerating that no more. I'm not having it. But see, he says, look, you make me your pastor by submitting yourself to my pastoralship. I'm not to lord over God's heritage. I don't want to lord over you. But I, but I will tell you how to make it to heaven according to the Word of God. And I will tell you to, how to... Further your walk and better yourself with God. I will try to help you through. I will try to pray you uh, and pray with you and help you and do everything I can to help you. But uh, but there comes there's certain things you've got to do. And and so it's more than just saying I go to church. It's more than just saying Lord Lord. See, you can call me pastor all day long, but if you don't submit yourself to my authority, you don't submit yourself to what I'm preaching. I'm not your pastor. And same with the Lord. We could say, Lord, Lord, but we don't follow what He says. Well, then, then He's not your Lord. You know when people want Jesus to be their Lord? When they're in a panic or a crisis. That's when they want to call Him Lord, Lord. But they don't want to call Him Lord, Lord when it interferes with their skiing on Sunday or when it interferes with something they want to do on Sunday, uh, uh, when, they, when it interferes or when it, when it gets in front of uh, something they want to do. Or when it means going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Yes, I'm a firm believer in that. You better believe it. You can't be too churchy for God. I'm going to tell you, you're out there a whole lot more than you are in this building. And we need the fellowship of the family of God. And I tell you more than that, the church needs you. The church needs you. Just think of what you brought to this service tonight. And we wouldn't have had that much if you wouldn't have been here. See, it is about more than your money. I know y'all brought millions in with you and all. But it's about more than your money. It's about the power you bring to the family of God, to the kingdom of God, to this church. Hallelujah. Your power. Hallelujah. You can see tonight, the church needs power. The church needs power. Because we're battling some things. See, we need you. We need you. This old pastor here loves you. I do, yeah. Praise God. Amen. I love this church. I love the people of this church. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, do you plan your day around God? Is He the Lord of your agenda? 
Boy, here's a place where America's got way off course, folks. Do you set your plans and then pattern church and all that around what you got going on? Don't y'all lie, we in church. Or does that, have you come to the place in your walk with God where everything revolves around Him? That's where you need to be. I'm sorry. Hello? Yes, I'm sorry that won't work. We'll have to do that another day. That's church day. Yeah. Well, if you want to see me, you're just going to have to send a form because I got church that day. I'm sorry. Well, you just call me back. Well, I can't help that. You're just going to have to settle. You're just going to have to give me a date. I'm telling you, this is not negotiable. Church is on that day, and you need to find me another appointment. Have a nice day. Click. It's just that simple, folks. I'm going to tell you, that's how I do it. I'm not just telling you to do that because I want you to do something like that. I'm just telling you, that's how I do it because I've made that decision. Jesus is first. You know what? If Jesus kept me alive this far, he can keep me alive to my next appointment. And that next appointment will be on a time that the church is not meeting. Church is only as strong as its members, folks. I may preach this and I may be getting on your feet. I hate that. I love you. But you need to love me too. I'm your pastor and I'm your friend. This is our church we're talking about. We got enough people that don't come here on every service without you adding to the flames. Maybe stepping on some toes tonight, but I hope I am. I hope I am. I'm hoping I'm driving some nails into this because we need you here. Takes the commitment of the body. I'm not saying you're not committed to the Lord, but you need to be committed to the church. Praise God. We need you. You can clearly see that. But so many times people set their plans for church and things like that around other things. That's backwards, folks. That's backwards. Listen, how many of you are alive today because of God? I'll tell you, I just felt the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost still on me right now. I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost just landed on me right there. I believe He's just letting, ooh, I feel that, Lord. Man. Mm-mm-mm. I feel that, Lord. I think that was the Lord just saying, everyone in this building is here because of me, because of God. You know what? If He saved your life, then how dare you put something in front of God? I don't care what appointment it is. I don't care what kind of situation it is. He puts you first because you're here. Church, we got to get serious, man. We got to get serious. We got people watching us. We need to set an example. Brother Chris, you got a daughter that's watching you, even if she ain't with you all the time. I'm just going to follow the Lord. Is that all, y'all? I know this is kind of getting off the text, but I'm just going to follow, follow the Lord here for a few minutes. We're getting ready to close. Brother Chris, I'm telling you, just as sure as you're sitting there and I'm standing here, 
God's getting ready to do some mighty great things in your life with you and through you. And that little girl is seeing all kinds of stuff going on in the world. She's bombarded with it. But you know what? I don't care what she's ever seen in you. You can show her a different man today. And you know what? The more you turn it on for Jesus, the more she'll see you committed and standing for something. And, buddy, she's going to flock to that. She may not do it immediately, but I'll tell you right now. Kids, look. you know what they look for? They look for stability. And don't just think stability is just somebody being able to maintain a house and all. Stability in them, they begin to see the moral compass, the moral standards. They begin to see a change in you. Man, I'm telling you, that will draw that little girl. You watch and see. Before long, she's going to have to come see what daddy's got going on. Yeah. Tell you, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. I'll tell you right now, buddy. I preach for, I, I pastored a lot of folks, man. I preached to a lot of people. And I tell you, I'm proud of you, brother. You're doing a good job. Turn it up, man. Just turn it up. Praise God. Oh, yes, they do. That's right. Praise God. Brother, I'm going to just tell you. I'm just going to tell you straight out. You need to have a heart-to-heart with the VA down there. You need to tell them people what your church schedule is and get them to start planning them appointments around church. You know why? Because you're my right-hand man, and I need you. We need to get back like it was here a while back. Praise God. We need to spend time together. We got job to do here, brother. You're a big part of it. You're my brother, man. You're my friend. Praise God. And I value our time together. Sister, I don't even need to say it. Turn it back up a notch. I depend on you folks, man. And I try to I try to be there for you when you depend on me. I hope I hadn't failed you. I sure hope I hadn't failed you. <laughs> I sure hope not. Because that would break my heart if I knew that. That would just break my heart. I may not have a lot to offer, but what I do have, I give you earnestly. Well, I don't want to ever lose sight in this church of what we're here for. And no matter how the devil tries to distort it, and no matter what form it comes in, I want this church to stand for what is right. And that's what I'm preaching is what is right. There may not be a lot of people anymore in church that want to hear that. I can't help that. I did not write the book. But I believe what I preach with every ounce in my being. And I preach it from my heart. I don't preach it at you. I preach it to you. And I preach it to your hearts. I want you to make it to heaven. And I want you to understand there's only one way to do it. And that's to line up with that word, folks. I don't care what other kind of messages are coming down the pike. I can't be looking at all that. I've got to keep my eyes upon this path. 
This is my church that God has put me in. I'm part of this body. And I've got to stand my ground in this path. And I've got to hold my course as a good soldier. And I've got to keep moving forward. This world don't like me. Because the devil is the prince of this world. And they don't like me. Many of them hate me because I'm a man of the name. I'm Jesus' name. I'm called by his name. And he said, hey, if the world hates you, just know it hated me before it hated you. See, he was the first. He was the first. Just know when the things of this life crucified you on that cross you're carrying around, that it crucified him first. Just know before they put you in your grave that they put him in his grave before you. He was the first fruits. If we're going to call him Lord... If we're going to call him Lord, Lord, we got to mean it. We got to mean it. I really want to tighten up in this church. I mean that. I mean that. I can't carry this myself. I just can't do it. <laughs> 